Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. Now it's time to take a sports break, a look at sports history on a daily basis. Hello, my friends in sports history. This is Darren Hayes of the Sports Jersey Dispatch Podcast. Welcome once again to the Pig Pen, your place for all things great in sports history. And welcome to another sports break as we will go through the day's events and people associated with the day of April 25th. And uh, we have a great program lined up for you today going for a lot of Hall of Famers and events that happen on this day. And uh, before we do, let's make sure you are aware of our social media presence. We are on Twitter at Pigskin Dispatch. We are also have a Facebook page that is Pigskin Dispatch. Real easy to find, real easy to remember, and we'd love to have you come on in and visit us and give us a follow if you can. We're going to start off in the realm of football. And our Hall of Famers for today, we have two birthdays of Hall of Famers, both from the College Football Hall of Fame, although one of them might be known better for his professional experience. But let's start off with our senior man uh, that was born on April 25th, 1927 in Hector, Minnesota. He was Minnesota's Gustavus Adolphus College tackle, Calvin Roberts. Now, with Roberts in the lineup, the Golden Gusties won three consecutive league titles and boasted a 23-1 regular season record for the footballfoundation.org website. The 1951 team was undefeated as Roberts won the first of his two All-American honors and became a three-time All-MIAC selection. The National Football Foundation selected Calvin Roberts for entrance into the College Football Hall of Fame in 2003, and Calvin was drafted by the New York Giants, but an illness prevented him from taking on the competition at the professional level. Therefore, he was uh, relegated to entering into the Marine Corps where he served his country and was named to the All-Marine Corps team by playing for the El Toro Marines. And Calvin later became a line coach at Augsburg College for a short period before entering as a role as a teacher in physical education. So hats off to him and his uh, great service to our country in the Marine Corps and, you know, legend of his football. This next guy I think you'll be familiar with. He was born on April 25th, 1954 in Brooklyn, New York. Randy Cross, a tough interior lineman of the UCLA Bruins once upon a time. The National Football Foundation tells the tale of how Cross was a standout on the UCLA line and helped the Bruins avenge an earlier 41-20 blowout loss to the Ohio State Buckeyes. At the 1976 Rose Bowl, UCLA slipped past the top-ranked Ohio State squad in one of the largest upsets in Rose Bowl history, subsequently denying OSU their national championship aspirations. Now, we cover that quite a bit, that game. Not so much from Randy Cross's standpoint, but from the UCLA standpoint. And when we had uh, Dana Auguster on back in our celebration of Rose Bowl games, so I looked that one up, Rose Bowl 1976, and I uh, think you'll be in for a great surprise there with some great rotation by our friend Dana Auguster. Now, he was uh, went into the uh, College Football Hall of Fame in 2010, did Randy Cross, and after graduation, Cross was picked by the San Francisco 49ers in the 1976 NFL Draft. Randy thrived in the league for 13 years and won three Super Bowls with the franchise and avoided 
a major injury all the way through, missed only eight games in his professional career, uh, propelling him to be named to an all-pro team three different times and was voted the San Francisco 49ers Man of the Year in 1985 for his work on the field and in the community. Now, we had some of the most sweeping rule changes as recorded on PigskinDispatch.com for April 25th. There was a lot of big rules that came out here in 1974. And uh, we called this our football history headline of the day. And we've got this information from newspapers.com and the Miami Herald, which on April 25th, 1970, I'm sorry, April 26th, 1974, was reporting about an April 25th date. They had an article titled, The NFL Brings in Sudden Death, Changes Rules for Fuel Goals. Uh, this was a, a tremendous article, and it uh, talked about how Pete Rozelle uh, and the other league owners and officials had these sweeping changes, and the first one was to move the goalposts from the goal line, uh, you know, where they score a touchdown at, to the end line, and also adopt the sudden death overtime for regular and exhibition games. Two big rules that we still see today, and uh, it's been tweaked a little bit in the overtime rules, but the uh, Big uh, rule changes nonetheless. That goalpost was humongous. Uh, just ask any field goal kicker. On April 25th, 1993, the NFL draft took place, and New England Patriots used the first overall selection of the draft to take Washington State quarterback Drew Bledsoe. The Hall of Fame players that have so far come out of this draft class were tackle Willie Rofe, who was number eight pick by the New Orleans Saints, running back Jerome Bettis, the 19th overall selection by the St. Louis Rams, and later went on to win a Super Bowl with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Michael Strahan, a defensive lineman taken by the New York Giants with the 40th pick. Will Shields, a guard selected by the Kansas State Chiefs at pick number 74. And the steal of the weekend may have been John Lynch, another future Hall of Famer, as a defensive back that was chosen by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the 82nd overall selection in the draft for the Pro Football Reference Com. We also had a draft in 2009, an NFL draft. A Georgia quarterback, Matthew Stafford, was the first pick by the Detroit Lions, according to the ProFootballReference.com website. And it, here's how the top 10 went. Uh, it was Stafford to Detroit. St. Louis chose Jason Smith to tackle from Baylor. Kansas State Chiefs took Tyson Jackson, defensive end of LSU. Seattle took Aaron Curry, a linebacker from Wake Forest. Mark Sanchez, a quarterback at USC, was taken by the New York Jets. Andre Smith, a tackle from Alabama, was taken by the Cincinnati Bengals. The Oakland Raiders took Darius Hayward Bay, a wide receiver from Maryland, in a surprise. The Jacksonville Jaguars had Eugene Monroe, a tackle from Virginia, on their roster that day. The Green Bay Packers took B.J. Raji, a defensive tackle from Boston College. And the San Francisco 49ers selected Michael Crabtree, wide receiver from Texas Tech. 2013's draft also took place. And in that draft class, Central Michigan's offensive tackle, Eric Fisher, was the first pick by the Kansas City Chiefs. And other uh, NFL players had spin on, argue who was the, maybe the best draft class and maybe the worst draft class in, in modern history. They both uh, had uh, differing opinions here. The rest of the draft class, uh, top 10 picks from this draft, for uh, Luke Joke, old tackle from Texas Tech to Jacksonville. Deion Jordan, defensive end from Oregon to Miami Dolphins. The Eagles took Lane Johnson, tackle from Oklahoma. And Detroit took Ezekiel Ansah, defensive end from BYU. Marcavius Mingo, a linebacker from LSU, was selected by the Cleveland Browns. The Arizona Cardinals took Jonathan Cooper to guard from North Carolina. 
St. Louis took Tavon Austin, the wide receiver from West Virginia, and the New York Jets took D. Milner, defensive back Alabama, while the Tennessee Titans chose guard Chance Warmack. In 2019, another draft took place. Oklahoma quarterback Kyler Murray was the number one pick by the Cardinals. And again, we use the informative profootballreference.com to generate this draft class top 10 choices. Uh, along with Murray was Nick Bosa, defense end out of Ohio State, went to the 49ers. Quinnen Williams, defensive tackle from Alabama, New York Jets. Oakland took Kyle Farrell, defense end from Clemson. Devin White, linebacker from LSU, went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Daniel Jones, quarterback from Duke, went to the Giants. Jacksonville chose Josh Allen, linebacker out of Kentucky. Uh, the Detroit Lions took TJ Hawkinson, tight end from Iowa. And Buffalo selected Ed Oliver, defensive tackle from Houston. And Pittsburgh traded up from their spot to select Devin Bush Jr., linebacker uh, from Michigan. So that is uh, just some great uh, drafts that we had here, and we'll see how some of these players play out in the 2019 and 2013 drafts. Too early for them to be uh, considered for the Hall of Fame. We might get some out of there. You, you never know. And now we want to move over to the realm of other sports, including baseball. In uh, April 25th, 1901, Irv Beck of the Cleveland Blues hit the American League's very first home run. So there's a trivia question answer for you. Irv Beck, Cleveland Blues. And April 25th, 1933, the Philadelphia Phillies shortstop Dick Bartell, number two, was on his jersey, is the first Major League Baseball player to get four consecutive doubles in a nine-inning game. On April 25th, 1933, the left-handed New York Yankees ace pitcher Russ Van Otta, number 14 on his shirt, shut out the Washington Senators 16 to nothing with some great pitching and timely hitting by his teammates, obviously. And we love to go and visit some of these uh, great sites. And one of them uh, for baseball is Jay Daniel uh, and his 80sbaseball.com site. And he has uh, you know, some tremendous uh, birthdays that happened on April uh, 25th throughout history uh, but that, that played in the 1980s. But he also has you know, some other great things. A, a debut on April 25th, 1981, Scott Fletcher went one for four with a single uh, off of Sparky Lyle on his debut. And in 1987, on the 25th of April, it was a big Cardinals lefty named Joe McGrain that uh, strikes out seven and gets a win in his big league debut. Also, Bill Bean collects four hits in his major league debut in 1987 on the 25th. And uh, we also had another great one. Chris Hoyts, uh, 1989 was his first day. Went over one as a pinch hitter for Baltimore Orioles in, in first day in the big leagues. Uh, also in this day, April 25th, 1980, a Twins fan throws marshmallows at manager Billy Martin. He wasn't uh, very happy about that. A year later, 1981, Major League Baseball suspended Mariners manager Mari Willis uh, for two games for ordering the grounds crew at the Kingdom to enlarge the batter's boxes. That's a big no-no. Might have been better off throwing marshmallows at Billy Martin. Uh, on 1981, on the 25th, uh, Fran Tanana and Mark Clear combined a pitch for 15 Orioles hitters, uh, striking them out, that is, the Orioles hitters, and walk just three and allow three extra base hits, none of them homers. And the Orioles win the game by the score of 7-2. to So make sure you visit Jay Daniels and his fabulous 80sbaseball.com website 
uh, for some more great uh, news in baseball for the 25th there. And another great baseball website is This Day in Baseball. And boy, they have some uh, dandies in place for uh, the 25th of April because we like to go and visit them and uh, we'll just grab a couple of them. Uh, Ken Williams uh, hit six homers in four days on his way to becoming the first 30-30 man in 1922 on this day. Uh, Russ Sheriff Van Otta made his incredible debut with the New York Yankees in 1933. And uh, Cliff Melton became the first rookie to fan at least 10 batters in his Major League debut, finishing with 13 strikeouts on April 25th, 1937. You can get a whole bunch more at uh, thisdayinbaseball.com for the April 25th edition. We have a great link for you on jerseydispatch.com for our April 25th edition and we'd love to have you visit them and I'm sure they would too a great site and uh, very informative another stop on our journey of April 25th is vintagehockeyjerseys.com website April 25th 1964 the Toronto Maple Leafs defeated the Detroit Red Wings 4-0 in game 7 of the finals to give Toronto their third straight Stanley Cup title goalie Johnny Bauer wearing the number one sweater became the first goaltender to record a shutout in game 7 of the finals and in 1975, on the 25th of April, the New York Islanders equaled the 1942 Toronto Maple Leafs record by defeating the Pittsburgh Penguins 1-0 in Game 7 of the quarterfinals to become the second team in history of the Stanley Cup playoffs to win a series after losing the first three games. Number 18, Ed Westfall had the game's only goal, while rookie Glenn Resch, sporting the traditional keeper number one jersey, stopped 30 shots for the Islanders' first ever playoff shot. Shutout. Resch became the first goalie goaltender to ever shut out a playoff opponent in the seventh game. And from NBA.com, we have some great basketball history, and uh, they have a plethora there, NBA.com. And uh, for this day, April 25th, they, we grabbed a couple that uh, have some very famous players. Chicago's Michael Jordan, wearing number 23, of course, captured his seventh straight NBA scoring title, 32.6 points per game, tying number 13, Will Chamberlain's NBA record. Jordan also led the league in steals at 2.83 steals per game for the third time in his career, becoming the fourth NBA player to collect 1,800 career thefts. And in 1993, on April 25th, Minnesota's number 24, Michael Williams, in a 113-111 victory over the Utah Jazz in the season finale, went 10-for-10 from the free-throw line, allowing him to finish the 1992-93 season with an NBA record of 84 consecutive free-throws made. Think about that for a second. Uh, from that charity stripe, Williams, who stretched the streak to 97 consecutive free throws early in the 93-94 season before missing, broke Calvin Murphy's record, who famously wore number 23 by the San Diego and Houston Rockets teams. Uh, he had the NBA record of 78 consecutive free throws, did Murphy, uh, which had stood since the 1980-81 season. And that is some great history and some tremendous shooting by, uh, you know, guys that are making all those foul shots and Michael Williams and Calvin Murphy and Michael Jordan. Wow, steals, points, you name it. That guy could do it all. That's why he is probably the greatest basketball player ever lived. And uh, we thank you for joining us for this great sports history uh, for April 25th. And join us for each and every day because we'd love to bring the sports history to you. And uh, till next time, everybody, have a great sports history day. 
This penalty kill is almost over. I got to get back out on the ice. But thanks again for joining us for another great edition of Sports Jersey Dispatch Podcast. We'll see you tomorrow. We invite you to check out our websites, jerseydispatch.com and pigskindispatch.com. Not only see the daily sports history, but to experience the preservation of great events and people that play the games. Find us on Pigskin Dispatch. It's also on social media outlets of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel. Get all your daily sports history. Pigskin Dispatch is happy to be associated with the Sports History Network, the sports headquarters of yesteryear, found at sportshistorynetwork.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Each week, the official Football Learning Academy podcast will take you deep into the history of pro football through interviews with players, coaches, or administrators in the NFL, as well as interviews with Pro Football Hall of Fame selectors, authors, and historians You'll learn how the game evolved and important moments that shaped the sport into what it is today. And don't miss the Pro Football History Nugget of the Week. Listen to the official Football Learning Academy podcast on the Sports History Network. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.